speak. God bless you. Awesome. We are very excited. It's Vision Builders Month, and uh, we're doing our best to stir you up to the original vision of blessing the Lord's children far and wide, even unto the nation. So I, I do want to um, say hi this morning. God bless you to the visitors. I see you there and others, uh, new people joining us also, uh, and also our friends online. Our children uh, are with us this morning, uh, and that is always a, a great event of the energy in the house this morning. Father, we come before you and we say, Lord, you are just brilliant, you are wonderful, you turn all things around for good to those that love you according to your good purpose, Lord, you're sovereign, you are sufficient, you are able, and who, who are we to deny what you can do, Lord, uh, in and through our life, and uh, who are we to deny that, Amen. And he can do brilliant stuff. And so it is Vision Builders. Give it the Lord a hand clap. Yeah. And I'm going to do my best. I've been wrestling over this message. And last night, can you put the bonfire, uh, that image of the fire last night that the men, whoo, we had a men gathering last night at uh, Lawrence's house out at Mangrove Mountain, a lovely rural property. And they had constructed uh, Quite a big, I haven't seen a bonfire like that for a while, but it certainly was dry enough and boom, it went up and uh, the men pushed back, the heat grew hotter, uh, the fourth man was seen in the flames, I think, Jesus, it was like, make, make, someone said, make the flame seven times hotter, I think Phil Cairn said, said something like that, and, uh, but that scattered the men, that flame, but um, thanks, Lawrence. You really did put on a show for us. Uh, Ross got up and uh, got there late. <laughs> he finally got there. I'm not sure if he used the GPS or an old atlas. You know, the days you get the map out and you look through. I'm not sure what happened. But he got up and did a brilliant job and shared like the men were there gathered around the fire. And, uh, oh, my Lord, the message that Ross, uh, 50 years Salvation Officer, and uh, sir, we really appreciate that. Give him a hand clap. Wow. And uh, it was a deep, very, very, it's, it's usually the ladies having the deep and meaningfuls, but it was actually the men having the very deep and meaningfuls. Going, hang on, am I in the, anyway. And uh, I thought, where's all the bravado? Where's the macho, macho, anyway, let's not go there. That's the, and, uh, and so, Wow, and there was an occasion, Clay was involved and Jesus was involved. Anyway, it's a story, I won't go there, tears were flowing. <laughs> men men were, were reduced to mere mortals of uh, crying and uh, emotional hearts were revealed. Oh my Lord, ladies, you would have been proud. <laughs> you would have been proud of your men on such an occasion of a bonfire. I thought it was going to be um, much different, but it was powerful. And God's keeping power, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the Vision Builder's testimony right back from the start, so help me this morning, uh, I've got a lot of information but I need to pull it all in because I've got kids involved, I want to make it PG and I want to make it understandable for, our, for every generation, good to see everyone in the house this morning. What is Vision Builders and why are we committed to it 
And why do we continually are committed to it forevermore? Even our children should be vision builders as they grow up and into the things of God. And, and usually one of the um, things that people ooh, get a little bit uh, funny about is the monetary uh, commitment to vision builders. I mean, that's money makes the world go round, world go round. Uh, Ecclesiastes says, money is the answer to everything. What? It doesn't really say that. It actually does say that. So we can feed children in third world countries. We did su support 14 children in Nairobi last week. And I believe it's going to be way more. Please, uh, there's more children at the back. Look at the children. There's photos of them. Pray which child to uh, sponsor $49 a month, maybe? Uh, 48 Well, there you go. Just today is a discount. And um, for just today, and no, I don't mean to be, uh, you know, frivolous with, with this proclamation that there are children that we want to, we've birthed a church there uh, eight years ago, C3 Nairobi, we're doing a great thing on the ground uh, through our uh, son-in-law, Garth Ball, and my daughter, Jamie Lee, uh, and they started a church there eight years ago, doing a great work, they just visited there, just got back from there. We do want to put our hand to their work again of a, a, a Dubai church plant. Did I say Dubai church plant? We, we want to be connected with that. So we're going to use the resource that God's given us in the time of our living because faith only works in time and space. When you go to heaven, you, you don't need faith. There he is. He's looking at you. You know, it's, it's like, hello, uh, cello. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Game over. Sorry, you should have used your faith when you're on earth. You should have used your faith on earth. No, it's, it's game over, man. Ding, you're here. Oh, that's, that's real. Oh, didn't realize that it'd be a sobering remark. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, the faces. The faces obviously detect a, a, a register. Um, Vision Builders has always been about creating, I need to move, uh, Father help me Lord with this message. I do want to share the family album maybe. I went to Ross's place and he got out the family album. Um, Ross, I, is it okay to say you're in your senior years uh, but you, you know Mick Jagger's probably only a bit younger than you and, and if, he can, if he can do all that great stuff and last night, you did so great You're uh, sharing that message. Uh, I think you're turning 80 or you're 80, and, uh, but you, you seem like the youngest man in the, in the church. I don't know what it is. Your stature, your, uh, you know, you're sharp, you're smart, and, uh, and I really do appreciate people that live like that to the end of their days. Um, what was I saying? Help me, uh, Roger. Oh, the family album. I will share that. I will share the family album. I'll go right back to the start, but I need to say something to give some context of what God is saying to us. Vision Builders has always been about creating uh, for our church a future. Aren't our brochures fantastic? Give it up for our guys who designed this. And um, it's all in there. Please take that and and uh, in the back of your seat, you can get it out. You can have a little look. There's photos there. And, uh, and that scripture really does mean something. Oh, I'll explain that a little later on. And, uh, but I'm so chuffed with that. Vision Builders has always been about creating a future for our church and others. We're creating room for them. 
And it's about this. It's about others. Do you know that there are 59 times in the New Testament alone that others are mentioned? 59 times. 59 scriptures that say one another. Can you just say that? One another. So it means do something towards another person. 59 almost uh, exhortations to, you know, do something for one another. Do something to someone else. So uh, things like bear one another's burdens, encourage the other, love one another, um, pray for one another. And the compassion is all about that. Where's that compassion image? I just need to just to highlight that fact. Vision Builders is about creating a space, a place of worship, in fact. And if you look at our council records, this place has been designated as a place of worship, which we couldn't do in a school hall. If we'd gone to the council and say, we want to be a place of worship in a school hall. No, that's the school. You're just renting it. No, we, we decided very early that we wanted to be the head not the tail. We wanted to be, we wanted to build and have a place for our children's children, a place where they could come and worship the Lord and pray. And so we built this house of prayer where lives could be transformed. But then ultimately the most powerful element of the church is what? I'm looking at it. The altar. It's where people come to be altered. Who's been altered on the altar? And that altar is to be prayed for. The Bible says, don't let the fire go out on the altar. We are all sons and daughters looking for a home. I love this. God is looking for men and women willing to create a home for his, for his sons and daughters to connect with him and each other. Does that sound reasonable? Does that sound reasonable in the scheme of things? That got what God is doing, that someone made room for you to be here. Someone made room for me to be saved. I went to a church in Liverpool. Well, you know, firstly, I was christened in a 400-year-old church in Wales. Someone made room there, and then they showed me other churches, and they said, oh, your auntie uh, helped uh, 100 years ago put the stained glass in that old Welsh building, and I went, wow, my auntie did that? Awesome. She made room for, for the saints in her time. So do you know what I'm saying? You and I are part of this magnificent church today because someone made room for us. Give a hand clap for the people who made room for us today to be in the house of God today. Those people know who they are. The call is ever upon us and upon us to make room for humanity Make room for humanity. And it's hard now. We don't have people around our house as much anymore. But in the old days, you'd come in for a cup of tea. And, you know, now everyone's so busy and everyone's got their boundaries up. There is a saying that says, uh, love thy neighbor, but keep the hedge up. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, I'm not sure if that holds up completely. But it does for introverts. And it's a call to give with faith sacrifice and commitment and the introverts say amen and it's a call to give with faith sacrifice I'm talking about vision builders again a commitment as a community to see the church supported sustained and provided for in serving how 
How do we support the vision builders and the church? In serving, giving, and praying. And that's what all this is about. That's how we do that. And I believe that those people who give, serve, and pray are in actual fact those people for me. And I got this from the Lord when a man of God in this church said to, I think it's okay to say, and I need to say it anyway, that he said, a good man of this church, I won't mention his name, but he's been here for a while, and he said to Pastor Julie, with sincerity in his eyes, at a very uh, sober moment of uh, a, a time that where he was sharing his heart, and he says, I believe I'm in this church to be a pillar. Went, wow, a pillar. And that triggered me to this next piece of... Um, sharing where I said, wow, a pillar, because I actually know what that word means in terms of God's church. And I do declare that without pillars, the church crumbles. The church crumbles. So, and what is the world, and this is the most um, important thing I probably would say in terms of the culture that we live in and what's happening to us through uh, mainstream media to the church and our way of life. And I say this, and what the world and the enemy is attacking through controversy and a maligning attacks is this, the church's pillars, i.e. the givers, the servers, and the prayers in our church. They're questioning how we give, they're questioning how we serve, and they're questioning how we pray. But if you go to any organization, sports organization, man, they are full-blown into serving and giving, and do you know what I mean? And, and you know, and even praying in their own way about their own, uh, their own deal. And this is a quote I saw, and uh, it starts off by saying this, the evil plans of human folks do not defeat God's purpose. Instead, they unwittingly become ways in which God's plans is furthered. Who can say amen to that? Now, you go back to Joshua, uh, Joseph, I should say, you go back to Joseph being locked up and persecuted and wrongly accused and finally coming out into this enviable place of being a real, a real blessing for the people of God. And then you, you'll go to Jacob, and Jacob was really, um, you know, he, he, and we'll talk about him later. But we can trust, we can trust that God's plans and purposes are for good, even when our circumstances are far from good. God always, now this is for someone in the house and someone listening right now, God always uses the particulars of our unique situation, even when it's difficult to shape us into people just like Joseph, just like Jacob, as it says in Genesis. And we do then become a blessing to the world. To become a pillar, I need to back it up, and I do have some mission. Uh, I, I just do have a couple of statements I need to reiterate about these pillars because I want to hit home in this particular uh, season we're in about what it means to be servers and givers and prayers. And um, 
And we need to understand that why the world, you know, is trying to attack how we do church, you know. And because serving, John 12, 24 says, and I, I don't have the scripture for the guys, I'm just freewheeling through some of this stuff. But I know this to be true. Pete, Jesus taught us that when he came, he said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. And then I heard a message uh, last week, great Bible teacher, Rick Renner, and he said pastors and teachers are people really not lording it over the people, but they come under the people to build a foundation yeah. under the people. And that, that's probably what's changing right now. These high, this high and mighty, you know, uh, you know this, this thing about ministers being high and mighty and, and having this, you know, this elevated position is not entirely true. Uh, apostles are ones, the church is built on the apostles. Uh, Apostle Paul threw himself over the barbed wire fence, uh, you know, uh, of the war, and, and the people trod over him. He was martyred, and Peter, and all the disciples. And it's still happening now. A witness means martyr. Do you know a witness? Who wants to be a witness? I want to be a witness. <laughs> a witness means martyr. <laughs> you, you go out there and, and you witness to your friends, well, get ready to be martyred in your workplace. Re martyred, uh, you know, at the beach. Andrew stands up on the beach, man, Christian service, and he gives a seven-minute, uh, you know, message, and people walking their dogs pull up slow. And they listen to his message, but he's, he's you know, he, he could be martyred for that with a scandalous, you know, uh, mocking or whatever. It's the same. I, I don't think they would hang you upside down on a cross or anything, but I'm just saying. But, but uh, you know, it's, it's it, we, we, we do that because we serve and we do it like Jesus has taught us. So this is what I want to say, John 12, 24. Very, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So people serving in this house, they've died to themselves through brokenness. They've allowed themselves to be broken. That's a whole nother message. But brokenness lends itself to serving. You know, breaking down that, 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 that unfortunate predicament that humanity has to be autonomous and as individuals that they want to be just unto themselves. Uh, no, Christ teaches us it's about serving others. It's about serving others. Brokenness lends itself to serving. Philippians 2 verse 6, 7 talks about one of the result, fruits of brokenness is that we are willing to serve God freely. I want to take my hat off to the people that are serving in this house, that are pillars. One of the fruits, yes, said that, a servant of God is one who has dethroned himself and everything else in his life or experience and enthroned Jesus, making him Lord over, over all his life. Yeah. I want to thank the people that have served this church 27 years and who have done that. I want to thank those people who have served the house, uh, that are pillars in the house. Those people that have put Jesus first in everything. That means that, that they put God's kingdom first in their life. A servant seeks first the kingdom of God. 
serves others, in doing so serves the Lord Jesus, Matthew 25, 31 to 40, is willing to deny himself, take up his cross and follow Jesus. I thank you for the pillars in this church that serve this house. I'm just beating this, beating this into uh, the, the very fabric of this church. This is what this church is. Knows that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, 33 to 35. Is, is faithful when entrusted with something. Matthew 25, 21. Helps to carry the burdens of others. Galatians 6, 2. Is humble, gentle, patient, and bears with others in love. Ephesians 4, 2. Looks to the interests of others. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Wants to please the Lord, 2 Timothy 2 4, basically just wants to help the church function at a level where it can be hospitable and receive the people. And, uh, and we're called not to be spectators, we're called to be participators. Say participators. That's what God's church is. When you finally get your life totally into the things of God, you're not just a, a taker, you're a giver. And it's a service, that it's the service under the, the, one of the most noble things you can do, the Bible says. I'd rather be a, a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than in, than in the wicked because just being in the house of God serving the Lord, the, 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 the reward is great. There's great honor, and I said that. Mm. Here's another thing that makes up the pillars in the church. I talked about serving, but what about the givers? They are kingdom-minded believers. And it's so important to comprehend the threefold assignment of wealth, each as an essential cog in the wheel of our spiritual journey. Meaning number one, you should write this down, personal provision. And meaning this, that you understand that our God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory. Amen. God is boundless, boundless love. And he provides all the needs that we need in abundance, I may, uh, may say to you. Uh, the divine provision is not about indulging in lavish lifestyles. Rather, it is about having the freedom to fulfill our kingdom mandates without the stress of financial burdens. It's about living a life that glorifies God in every respect. And two, kingdom expansion. Why the finances we've been given in this privileged setting called Australia? Wealth and prosperity almost also must play a pivotal role in expanding God's kingdom on earth. And you can see that through this scripture. Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. The resources bestowed upon us are not solely for our comfort. They are tools for us to advance God's kingdom and make disciples of all the nations through the covenant that he's given us. And three, redemptive generosity. That's what compassion is. Finally, wealth and prosperity are instruments for practicing redemptive generosity. Jesus said... Matthew 25, 40, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. Our wealth serves as a means to uplift those in need, embodying the love and the compassion of Christ. 
And as kingdom citizens, we are called to be channels of God's blessings, touching lives, transforming communities through our generosity. Can I hear an amen? And as we steward our resources with wisdom and kingdom purpose, we mirror the heart of the Father, impacting lives and advancing his kingdom on earth. In all things, let's remember to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto us. And that's this great scripture I think Andrew, Pastor Andrew, uh, spoke a couple of weeks ago, Daniel 11.32. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And I could continue, but I will go back to my message about pillars. Because pillars are people that give, people that serve, and people that pray. And I won't get into all the praying aspect, because I think you know what that means. But I know this to be true. To become a pillar in the temple of God is actually, is actually a promise that we are given in the eternal rewards that God will give us. And Julie's onto it already. <laughs> and it says this in Revelation 3.12. Now I hope you can drop the scriptures in. It's one of the eternal rewards for those people who get what I'm talking about. That if you have been giving and serving, and if you have been praying, and if you've been becoming part of the pillar. Now, this scripture, before I go there, this scripture, is it? Well, no, it's sorry. I probably blew it. It was late last night. The fire was good. I hung around. <laughs> Revelations 3.12. It was actually 3.12. Sorry, guys. Can you get it up now? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's what happens when you drag Pastor Phil out on a Saturday night. <laughs> he gets home late with cakes. He starts eating cake because the ladies don't eat cake and and Julie said, I brought you some cake. Oh, look at the ladies left. The carver and this. And I'm going, oh my God, you're killing me. I'm trying to lose weight here. Man, I don't usually eat after 8 p.m. Thank you, guys. And this is, this is the key thing. And I'm making a point about this. If I could drive this point up, um, in, it would be about God loves pillars. He loves them when they're on the ground on earth as a pillar. This scripture is actually uh, a scripture that Jesus speaks about and he's referencing, referencing a church and um, I'm not sure if it's Laodicea or Philadelphia, but um, th this church, it could be Philadelphia, this church was in Turkey and so he's using this um, pillar uh, word on purpose because pillars in Turkey had to be five meters wide and they were five meters high to withstand the shaking of the earthquakes that regularly hit that area. You know what I mean? That's the pillars I like, mate. Not these skilly little, you know. You know, unfortunately, we have bridges collapsing all over the world because they're, you know, in countries where the certification, which is a word I, 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 I hear being used about the unfortunate submarine accident it wasn't certified and uh, well Jesus is saying the this this reference I'm using is about pillars 
that were certified in Turkey, five metres wide, Scotty, five metres high, holding up buildings. This building's Julie saying, well, that's got a little... That's got something to do with it, Julie, okay. And, um, and so he's saying these pillars that are represented on the ground are like those pillars in Turkey and they will represent the new Jerusalem that comes, oh, let's go there, let's go there. Pastor Julie's been talking about this and it says this, to one of the eternal, this is one of the eternal rewards that you, my friend, Andrew Petha, uh, Tim and Louise and others like this, if you've been a pillar in the house, guess what? You could end up being a pillar in the, in the new Jerusalem. Let me, let me continue. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. So this is the city of God coming down to rule and reign for a thousand years. I don't want to get too lose the audience. A lot of the kids probably wouldn't understand. Which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I'll write on him my new name. God loves his creation. Sin corrupted it, but now he has a plan to return to its original state of perfection, and he will reward those who help him carry out this plan. That's what a vision builder is. So he created mankind with the express intention that they should rule over sin. All right, I've landed somewhere. Genesis 4, 7 says, and let me just say this about the pillars. That's why the world is attacking the church. How we give, how we serve, and how we pray. Because it's the... Am I onto something here? Should I just beat on this drum a little bit more because I'm telling you right now this church would not be here without the pillars now this man I was talking about earlier he said I want to be a pillar I believe I've been sent here as a pillar he actually did turn up during the week and he did some work on the land yeah yeah Mark Elliott I think I can mention his name is he here in the house today Mark Elliott's in the house hand goes up okay well, he came to what? To serve. And so the hedges out the front there that you lovingly look at when you drive by our property and people do. I've met strangers who drive by our property and they say to me, hey, you haven't mowed your, your lawns for a while. And go, well, hang on, who are you? Do you? Are you part of our church? No, no, I just drive by your property every day. I don't even know this guy, but he's, he's querying about how we, how we maintenance our property. He wants it to look good. That's fair enough. But he wasn't saying that, you know, he wasn't saying it in a, in, a, in a negative spirit. He was just saying, oh, everything all right? Your lawns aren't mowed. Your, your tractor breakdown, you know, men are usually like that. They're, they're wondering, what, what's, you know, is there a mechanical fault? Uh, <laughs> ladies go the emotional way. It, 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 have you got a church split maybe? Have you got a, you know, is it, no. <laughs> the men go, is the tractor broken down? You know, <laughs> Uh, don't you love the Lord? But our properties are looking so good. We have all these men turning up through C3 Cares and one guy, he just wants to whip a snip every day and it's therapeutic to him, so we let him do it. And his mother, he still lives with his mother. I mean, I won't go there anyway, it's a story. But um, he needs to get out of the house. Men, you know what that means. You know, the lady says, go out and out. You're not staying here today. 
I think it's a bit like that. So he turns up and so, men, you're off the hook for the time being. You don't have to turn up. And, um, but he's serving. Mark turned up and served. He cut the hedges. He's serving. He's a pillar. Who's the men praying? Who's the women praying? They're pillars for me. They're pillars. Who's giving in the house? We have people that give significant amounts of money. Our, our vision builders is something, the budget of $170,000. It's not chicken feed. Uh, you know, it, it, it is consequential finances to serve this house, to be a pillar. You know, it's not $2.50, although we love $2. The little fishes are every... An accountant said to me, she said, oh, someone put $5 in. And she said to me, yeah, but the little fishes, they make, it, they make up, you know, and God performs the miracles, you know, you know. Some of us are looking for the thousand, ten thousand, but the little, the little fishes that the kids put in, that the widow put in, that, that, that is important. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, we consider everyone's giving as a very, as an equal sacrifice. Thank you, my darling. As an equal sacrifice. But we do give considerably to the Lord. Because in the garden, I'm getting there, in the garden, they were given the resources that they needed. Let's go back to the garden, the Garden of Eden. They were given all the resources to extend the kingdom, the garden. Imagine extending that beautiful garden. Plonks him down in there. God plomp, plocks, plomps the, the man to till the garden, to cultivate the garden. And, and, and he says to him, let's go back to the original mandate. Let's do that. But let's back it up to this. Genesis 4, 7. Should I mention that? Let's go to Genesis 1, 28. Let's do this. Then God blessed them. And God said, this is the original mandate. Okay, let's do this. This is the original vision builder's mandate. This is the creation covenant mandate. And then we go through the Abrahamic covenant and we go through the various covenants till we have the new covenant. Several covenants were made. Genesis 1.28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now I can drop this scripture in. Genesis 4, 7. If you do well, so God created mankind with the express intention that they should rule over sin. Who believes that? He created mankind with the express intention that they should rule over sin. Genesis 4, 7. If, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lays at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Now, I'm a big believer at that. Anything encroaching on your doorstep of your mind, of your heart, you need to boot that thing off, man. You need to get rid of it because it's encroaching upon you. It's tempting you. And the Bible says that you've been given dominion authority in Genesis 1.28. You've been given dominion authority to take charge of the situation and deal with sin as it presents itself. So what happens the extension of the garden, of his love. 
and the resources that God gave us. Man misused God's resources and listened to the enemy's voice and they were thrown out of the garden. They ate the apple. It represented the resources that weren't his to have. And yes, I blame the man because the man should have protected the woman. I don't blame Eve. Eve needed to be protected in that vulnerable situation. She was tempted in a very conniving way and uh, maybe in an emotional way, maybe in some sort of way that was particular to the female, but it should have been the man. Look at all the nods I'm getting from the women. That's right. It's not our fault. Come on, you blokes. What are you? I mean, I've got broken marriages here represented. I got, you know, unfortunate dysfunctions of homes and where men have been absent and the jails are full of fatherless uh, men, uh, fatherless, fatherless, yeah, sons, and um, and of course I do blame the men to a degree. But men, but man misused God's resources and listened to the enemy, and that's why Jesus had to come to deal with that voice of the enemy. Praise God, Jesus come, and Father God sacrificed His Son to deal with the enemy who tries to still lie to us. Did God say? To be a vision builder? Did God really say to give your money, serve the church and pray? Did God really? You know, It's still happening. The same game plan is still happening today. But Father God sacrificed his son so to cancel that voice out and to make Jesus the head. Yes, that Satan is the prince of the air. But now Jesus is seated on high at the right hand of the Father. He's now in charge. Yeah, he's floating around down in there, somewhere up there. But you know what? We've been given dominion authority to say, no way, Jose, you can go in Jesus' name. Then the call to Abraham. I need to do this quickly. Genesis 12.1 is another very important part of Scripture. Genesis 12.1 says, now the Lord, now the Lord's going to, he needs a nation. He's, he's, the people are, are not doing what they should be doing. There's Noah, that's happened. And, and, and the people are just a mishmash of people doing their own stuff, a little bit like what's happening now in our fair nation. People just doing their own thing. But God says, I need a nation. I need a people that belong to me and I belong to them and they will pray and they will intercede. They'll be a royal nation and they will intercede for all the nations of the earth. Who's my man? Who's my man? Who's my man? Roger Beard, I choose you. And uh, no, it was actually Abraham. Uh, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country, get out of that comfort zone, get out of your father's household because that was a, a compromised position. They were on the way to the promised land, but his father, Abraham's father, pulled up short and stayed in Haran. So get this, now the Lord, I'm reading from Genesis 12, 1, now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Doesn't give much more details than that. Who who wants more details? Sorry, they weren't forthcoming. Verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great church, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Hello, where does the statement come from? Blessed to be a blessing? You're looking at it right now. I will, verse 3, and I will bless those who bless you and I'll curse them who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Vision builders, hello. Compassion children, Nairobi, 
Dubai, here we come because we're blessed. We're going to be a blessing. This is all about the original game plan, the mandate, the covenant of God, of Abraham, that is now us because we're grafted in. Help me, Galatians 3.29 says that we're grafted into Abraham and that same prosperity spirit, that multiplication spirit, and that, get used to it, the saints are supposed to multiply and increase and be wonderfully blessed. I'm sorry to, to, to assail your religious mindset that you're supposed to only just have enough to get by on. But my Bible says in, Gen, in, in Psalm 23 that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want when I want to give division builders. Where am I going to get this money from? The Lord says, just make your mind up. Like Elisha told the widow, get as many bowls as you can, put them out, and it will be filled. I want to support it. I want to get a bowl. I don't have the money to give the compassion child, but I'll get a bowl. I'll get a bowl, and I'll put it out, out there. I want to give to compassion. I want to fix the... I want to pay the school fees. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I want to do... I want to, I want to give my tithe... Dear God, I need to give my tithe. Uh, and I want to be a vision builder. I want to give tithes and offerings. I want to give that. But Lord, I'm looking at the bank account. What, what can you do? What can you do? And then in the story of Elisha, the widow, as many bowls, as, as many bowls, jars is a better word. Jars. Someone was begging to tell me that. Why didn't you just tell me? Yell out. Jars. Jars. I don't mind a bit of audience participation. If there's a better word... Give it to me. Bowls, jars. She's only got a little bit of oil. And he says, he understands the principle of prosperity, the multiplication that is in our DNA. We're made from the, the dirt. We have this soil that if you put something in this, it will grow. Sin will grow. It will multiply. You'll come in one day with weeds all around you. My God, what you do? I just participated in some weed seed seeds. <laughs> I watched the Netflix series. The, it was a vain imagination of some weird stuff, and now I've got weeds growing all through here. But if you get the word in you, man, what's got into you? You got a little flower bed there out the front. <laughs> Sorry. Jars. Jars. Thank you, Katrina. <laughs> the jars. I want to give. I want to be a vision builder. The widow, she didn't have all the oil. She didn't have the oil to be a vision builder, to the original mandate, to have dominion authority, to save the nation. She said, what are you talking about? I can't be a vision builder. I can't even give any. And she said, well, Elisha said, do you want oil? Yeah. Get as many jars as you can from your neighbor. She brings the jars in, as many as she could. And he prayed. And guess what happened? The oil flowed. It filled every jar. She became a vision builder. She gave a tithe. She, she paid the school fees. She put food on the table. She paid the mortgage. She paid the electricity bill. But if she had never put that jar out and said, I do not have the money. Times are tough. 
and my glasses are broke. <laughs> They're $400, you know. We're broke, you know. We, there was an old saying back in the day, and some of the older people know it, Show, close the door, turn off the lights. We're battlers, We're battlers you know. <laughs> we grew up baby boomers with our parents. Turn out the lights, shut the door, we're battlers, you know. It's like a was a poverty mindset, but it was a reasonable request when times were hard too. Jesus, help us. So this original mandate still continues that we need to be blessed to be a blessing. I'd like to have gone a man of God. All right, let's finish up. A man of God, wow, a great intercessor, man of God, rang me up out of the blue, had a word from me. He does not speak to me, ring me, unless he has a word from the Lord. And he gave me a word from Genesis 26, and it was about Isaac. So I'm talking about the original mandate, have dominion authority, over your sin included. And, and, and then Genesis 12 says, you'll be blessed to be a blessing, Abraham, your nation, your nation, which is now God's church because Israel abdicated, abdicated their role to be a light to the world. And then Jesus uh, stood up on another mountain. Moses received the Ten Commandments on one mountain, but then Jesus stood on another mountain and said, I am the light. Israel's let you down, but I am the light now, and you will be a light. Your church will be a light. Therefore, shine brightly. You will be salt and light. And salt in the Old Testament means covenant. Salt means preservation, purification, but it means in the Old Testament, covenant, salt. When Garth fell through the roof in the Congo, this man of God in this very shaky building that was being built for Bible college in this shanty town. He, this man was compelled to show us what he was building for the Lord, this space, but we had to traverse up a bamboo uh, ladder held together by string, and, and we got up, and we're just dutifully trying to follow him, and we get up two levels, three levels, Garth is up above us. All of a sudden, Garth falls through the roof. <laughs> Julie reaches out, the strong Aussie arm, of the Lord, Julie, reaches down, grabs Garth, the, the, the little guy, and uh, <laughs> he's going to kill me for that, and uh, <laughs> edit that out, and um, he, he, Julie pulls him up, but he's scraped all down his arm, he gets down the bottom, one of the ladies, the Kong, Congolese ladies, this will be good for you. What is it, salt? Before he could even say no, rubs it into the... Ah! <laughs> it's a true story. Salt, we're the light. Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac. He's, he's got to be a vision builder. How, how am I going to do better than dad? Dad's man, he... Obeyed God to the hilt, man. It's accredited to him as righteousness. He's the father of nations now. Dad, oh, he gets all the kudos. How am I going to... Isaac has a great story too, but he's in a quandary. He's in hard times. There's 13 interest rates in this just this one year he's in. Uh, I don't mean to be light on that, but... Oh, 26 says this. 
Now there was a famine in the land. Mm. I, uh, Genesis 26, there was a famine in the land. Let's just, just pull up there. And he's thinking, he's thinking, Isaac's thinking, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land where I tell you to live. I need to say that again. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land where I tell you to live. Live in the land of your salvation and your prospering land of salvation and the promises therein and the covenantal blessing that's on Abraham and the multiplication and the enduring promises that there are Abrahams that are yours now. Stay in that land. Don't go back to Egypt where you're nervously shaking about the interest rates. God's going to get you through it. Now, this man gave me the scripture with not knowing anything about what, what we were talking about. Stay in this land for a while and I'll be with you and I will bless you. I swore to your father Abraham and I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I'll give the... In... Instrickably, love that word, instrickably, the, the Abraham covenant is instrickably connected to seed, people, our offspring, strangers, seed, the seed of God, land, land, that's why they're fighting over Jerusalem, that land was given to them and there's a big bun fight, who knows that? Once land has been given by God, I'm telling you what, the fight is on. Land, seven years we prayed on that lookout, praying for this land, and God said, you want land? I'll give you land, 11 acres, boom. Dear Lord, we just wanted just a, a hall, <laughs> 30 place car park. He said, no, I don't work like that. My covenant is about prosperity, more than enough. So that's why I wore this shirt this morning. Someone gave me this shirt. It's from Harrods. I'm just going to just say it to be true. Because the church gets criticized for, for such statements as this. Our, our leader got criticized. Someone gave him, because he was retiring, someone gave him these shoes. They're very expensive shoes. He didn't buy them. Someone gave them to him. He wore them. Someone took a photo and said, look at the pastor, this pastor. You know, he's wearing these expensive shoes. Yes, someone gave them to him. Hello? Someone gave me this shirt. Purchased from Harrods. 750 pounds. 1300 dollars. Aussie. I'm sorry, guys. I'm gonna wear it. They fought over the garment, the, the robe of Jesus was seamless. Only kings and very high up dignitaries would wear such a robe that Jesus wore. And they argued over it. They gambled over it. Jesus apparently had a house to hang out in. And he had some wear for all. And he had a huge budget. Joseph, help me. Aramatha, yeah, he... He was looking after the whole, when those three kings came, they loaded him up to the hilt. The, 
They loaded him up. Those three kings that came in loaded Jesus' ministry up to the hill where they, in fact, had to bank it. Thank you, Uncle... What's his name? Uncle Joseph. It's a great story. We're only finding out some of these details because Rick Renner has privilege to the files in the archives in the Russian Orthodox Church where you can't get this information as readily. So thank you, Uncle Joseph, for looking after the the wherefore, for the upkeep of the ministry. But we... Now, now what happens to Isaac? He, He just can't help it. It says here in verse 12, 26, 12... Isaac planted crops in the land in the same year, reaped a hundredfold because the Lord... Let's give out the communion. Isaac planted crops in the land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Hundredfold. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of their father Abraham, the Philistines tried to stop them up, filling up those wells of us, the church, being pillars, tried to stop up the wells of serving God, uh, giving to God, tried to stop stop up those wells. They used to put old uh, carcasses of animals, poison the water. Who wants to drink out of a well with, a, with an old, old Betsy down there, rotting? They used to do that, and they fill it up with rocks and debris. But Isaac, he's tenacious. He's saying, those wells belong to my father. This church belongs to our father. We're going to uncover the wells of serving, giving, and praying. I'm onto something here, guys. We're, gonna, we're not going to shy back and go, oh, the world... You know, look what it's saying. No, and I could read this on. Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. Oh, man, I wish I could get it all done. Ah, oh, Jacob had an encounter with God. He tried to be a vision builder. He went AWOL. Jacob, what were you thinking? He tried to wrangle the system. He tried to get his blessings too, too early. And, and he was rightfully the man because he had the gusto. He had the personality and sometimes... His ways are higher and his thoughts are not your thoughts. Well, why didn't it go to the firstborn? Well, God knew eventually that Jacob was the man and the other guy, he was was not going to carry the vision builder's mandate. He was a Nancy boy. He liked mum's curtains and he used to talk about curtains with his mum and he was a mum's boy. But Jacob was a spirited lad. Let's, Let's be careful with our kids that are spirited. Jacob was spirited. Jacob went AWOL. He wandered. He unraveled. But Jacob had an encounter with God. He had a dream. Boom. Came to C3 Tugra. And he had a dream. He put his head on a rock. I've actually done that at Stanwell Beach, Stanwell Park Beach, Andrew, in my surfing day, a 15-year-old kid. We used to go on surfing trips. And, of course, we wouldn't take anything. Not tents. Tents are for wusses. No, we will sleep with our boards in wetsuits on the beach with leeches crawling over us. We didn't know that till we got up in the morning. (laughs) And so 
mercy of God. My Lord. Jesus. Jacob had a full-blown encounter. That's right. And, uh, and, uh, and I literally did this. I said, I'll sleep on the sand. I'll sleep in a wetsuit. It's dark. The stars are out. But I need a pillow. Yeah, that big, that big rock, that smooth rock, I'll use that. Put it under my head. Literally happened to Jacob. He had a dream. The rock of Christ, the solid rock of God. He had a dream and he saw angels sending and descending, ascending and descending. And he said, my God. And he saw Jesus at the top of the ladder. father abraham he was he was right he wasn't just bananas for jesus for nothing my father isaac he was right he was talking to me about being a vision builder the nations the land and being a blessing and he had a dream of the lord jesus sitting at the top sapphire sill of heaven looking down on him and he realized Oh, my Lord, I'm born. I'm born to be a vision builder. I'm born to be a blessing unto the nations. And he was irrevocably changed for all his days. But God said to him, and I love this statement, Genesis 28, 15, Behold, I am with you, C3 Tugra. No, he said, Behold, I am with you. And will keep you. God is our keeper. And I want to stand here in a thankful spirit before we take communion. And say, Lord, thank you that you spoke to Jacob in the time of his need. That you speak to us in the time of need. And, he, and the Lord said to him and says to you, behold, I am with you. I will keep you. I will keep you. But first... Jacob had an encounter with God. And yes, he did have a wrestle with God. Jacob couldn't believe how fortunate he was. And he says this in Genesis 28, verse 16. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Verse 17. He said, shaking with holy fear. How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. God's glory. God's grace. And God's loyalty to his family with Abraham, Isaac, and himself. That completely awed Jacob and it awes us now. And then Jacob made a vow. And this is very personal to a lot of us who know that they've been radically saved for a very good reason. Two to stem the tide of darkness in this world and to, and to break off that sin, not only off our own life with dominion and authority, but the lives of others. And he renamed that place Bethel, the house of God. And he made a vow back to the Lord. Jacob said, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on. You listening to this? 
verse 21, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And he anoints the the, the rock, he anoints it with oil. And this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a tenth to you. I will give you the tithe. I will give you even way more than that because now it's not just the tithe in the New Testament. It's everything. It's everything. And I know this to be true. It takes a mature believer in covenant relationship with God. And and you know the story of Jacob. He was reconciled to God and the 12 tribes came out of Jacob. 12 tribes. He was off running with the, the enemy, the pack. But he came back in. And he started to serve the Lord in his time. And from his loins... Abraham's covenant seeds began to flow from his life. Twelve tribes. And land was acquired. And he became blessed to be a blessing. This is the mandate that's upon you through the covenant. All right, so here it is. Here's it. You got communion in your hands? Have I got one? Thank you so much. I believe this, Pastor Julie. It does take a mature believer to be the church and certainly be a pillar in the house of God. I'm not talking about the morality of the world. And I'm not talking about just a best friends club because that's easy. You just dance around your own little sensibilities and you be cute and nice. And No, this is, this is way deeper. The New Testament word for community is koinonia, often translated now by the anemic word fellowship. Koinonia is linked to the words common, another word sharing, and another word participation. And the theology in that is this. We are the community of the Holy Spirit in community with the Son, sharing our lives, sharing our property, sharing in the gospel, and sharing in Christ's suffering and glory. And our community life is celebrated and reinforced through communion where we participate meaning koinonia together in the body and the blood of Christ and the scripture declares 1 Corinthians 10:16 is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks in our participation in the blood of Christ and is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ Verse 17, he, one body, for we, are, for we all share the one love. Father, we are one body. Father, we take this bread, represents your life, wholly, solely given for us, a sacrifice that we cannot comprehend. Lord, you gave your life to nullify the enemy's plans, to take out that voice that tries to deceive us and introduce controversy of deception. Jesus said one thing about the last days, and he said this, 
when they, the disciples pushed in and said, what about the last days, the end days? What, Jesus, give us, give us something, something. And he said, be careful. You are not deceived. Wow. Be careful. That's the most poignant thing that Jesus said. So, Father, this, rep- this, represents, this represents our victory and the covenantal blessing of Abraham, seed, land, and blessing. We do not deny that, Lord, we are richly blessed. We're not ashamed of the gospel of his name. But, Lord, we're not enamored by the riches of this world. We are impassioned for souls, for the things of eternity, that what money can buy sometimes is an opportunity to alleviate poverty and to acquire things that make a space for God's presence and God's will to be enacted through an altar. So Jesus, right now, we take this in consideration of you and thanksgiving, we take it in thanksgiving. And just that song, can you introduce that song? I do listen to some funny music, some Celtic Christian music and this one phrase came up in it. Yes, thank you, I need that. Jesus, thank you for being so patient, but I wrestled over this message. I had such a time talking about the family albums. A lot of families don't want to talk about their families. They've cancelled their families out. But I needed to introduce you to the original family album, Vision Builder Mandate. Through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 2 that there will come a day when a light will shine through a mountain. The mountain of the Lord shall be established and people will throng to it and beg to come to it. And that's the harvest we're talking about, guys. We're talking about making a way for the light of the world and for our light as a church on a hill, city on a hill. And that salt that we are, that that is a covenant that is bound by the blood of Christ and the body of Christ's sacrifice. We are covenant believers and we are bound by the body of Christ. We are not fair-weathered friends. We are not a community club. We're not some other worldly institution. We are the body of Christ and we partner with the suffering and the victories and the glory of Christ. Let's take all that together. Let's take that together. And thank you for bringing us thus far, Lord. 27 years, you have been our keeper. You have been our keeper and you have considered our ways and you have blessed us in all manner of spectacular, wonderful ways. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you that we have been considered worthy to be partners in Abraham's covenant and the new covenant of Jesus Christ. We are multipliers. Don't anyone lie to you and say that you only just should be blessed this much. You can be wildly blessed to be a blessing. Get used to it. Someone may one day give you a Harrods dress or coat or something and you go, my God, how could I ever have afforded something like this? Well, you couldn't, but God is your keeper and he's symbolizing something in your life by suggesting to you, you are the king's kids and you are deserved of the brilliance and the glory of God. Not represented by clothes, but represented by the anointing and the glory of God. Let's take that together if you haven't already. Turn that up. That woman, 
Oh, love this music. I love music with glory on it. Turn it up. She's singing something about, and thank you that you've brought us this far. And I'll let, just, just let that woman say that one, and I'll let Charlie kick in. This is an Irish godly band. Iona stumbled on them. Brilliant musicianship. Godly people that understand what it means to be a vision builder. I sent her a message on Facebook. Six months later, she returned. She said, oh, I'm sorry I've missed that, but thank you, sir, for the kind remarks that, your vo- that my voice, uh, that you can hear God in it. So I'm a number one fan. That you brought us this far. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Parking back to the original mandate, our culture, our heritage. Father, we thank you for the heritage that you've given us through Abraham. We are born to prosper. We're born to thrive. We're overcomers. We have a persevering spirit. We'll get through these times. Lord, there is a higher report of the Lord. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the banks? Or are you going to believe the report of the Lord when a prophet says to you, you can give? Is it too much to ask, the Bible says, to Jesus? This was a prophetic scripture in Isaiah. Is it too too much ask for you to be my servant, to recover the Gentiles? Well, Jesus says, it is not too much, Father God. If you require my life, all my life, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to give my life for the sake of humanity and every soul that is represented by your image. Father, we desire to represent your image, which is about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in community. We are a people of community. We're not autonomous. We're not breaking away like, like, like the propensity of flesh does, wants to break away. No, we're one body. We're one part of one loaf. We're part of Christ's body. We're the parts of the body. We're walking together. We're serving together. We're giving together. We are not autonomous. We are people of the Spirit, and we bound by a sacred oath that we are Christ, and we are the family of God, and we're the church of Jesus Christ, blood-bought, and the pillars of God that are represented in this church. I declare your reward is in eternity, and it is here right now. The people that are giving and serving and praying, you lovely people that turn up during the week and pray and intercede. And you people that are giving magnificently, radically, sacrificially, the Lord knows you're giving. He knows the sacrifice of your heart. And He knows you're born in a beautiful country. And you're born here for a purpose, not to be lovely and comfortably well off. But now much has been given, much is required. And that is what Vision Builders is about. The original mandate to be blessed, to be a blessing, to recover souls, to recover your family and children because your seed matters to God and land matters. Your children deserve a place to live in and call their own. Amen? And you deserve to be blessed, to be a blessing. You deserve a smile. You deserve the wherefore all to be blessed, to be a blessing. Sister, you deserve to prosper. 
It's in your DNA. The makeup of you, by virtue of the fact you're made in God's image, is to multiply and prosper in Jesus' name. And I rest my case. God bless you, church. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Phil. Church, should we just sing together for one more moment?